Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. He's a trigger warning waiting to happen. This is the Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. A lot of moving parts today here on the Adam Crowley Show. No kidding, right? We'll figure it all out. I'm good at radio. I'll get these guys to be better. Just kidding. Love them both. Alex, good job. Brian, I expect more from you. Actually, Alex turned your microphone off, so I expect more from him. Every day at 5 o'clock, we're going to do this. No, we're not going to argue back and forth. I wasn't ready for it. This is just this is just going swimmingly. Every day at 5 p.m. after our sports update, we'll be doing the news. I've always found local news to be laughable, so we will make fun of it in this forum for a few minutes every single day. In Trump Revealed, a new biography coming out about President Donald Trump, Trump does reveal something that's not all that surprising. He doesn't work out. But not because he's lazy, it's because he, quote, thinks of the human body as a battery with a finite amount of energy, which exercise only depleted, end quote. According to every scientific study that I could find, exercise has actually been shown to be good for you. Wrong. That is absolutely proved over and over again. An Australian millionaire says that millennials can't afford houses because they are buying avocado toast. Tim Gurner, an Australian property mogul, says that, quote, When I was trying to buy my first home, I wasn't buying smashed avocado for $19 and four coffees at $4 each. And, quote, he added, quote, we're at a point now where the expectations of younger people are very, very, very high. They want to eat out every day. They want to travel to Europe every year. The people that own homes today worked very, very hard for it, saved every dollar, did everything they could to get up the property investment ladder now according to many studies this is for me avocados are good for you i've put in new floors a new garage and power washed my deck all things that have caused me stress with home ownership i now have some gray hairs popping in i have heart problems joining me now to discuss ryan deer from fitpittsburgh.com and workout.com he joins me now ryan tell me about avocados well first i gotta say I don't know if this guy has ever had avocado toast to be saying this. It's possibly the, the best savory option for breakfast, and I, and I have to say that. It's delicious. But from a nutrition standpoint, it's, it's actually pretty nutritious. The pundits of it will probably say, oh, it's too high in fat. Um, but it's the healthy fats. It's the polyunsaturated fats, monounsaturated fats. It's the stuff that doesn't raise your bad cholesterol, and that's always good. But what the are the about- negative health effects of stress, Ryan? <laughs> well, it sounds like gray hairs, but also that can lead to heart disease eventually. So, uh, so yeah, stress is bad, and I can't 
find a fault with avocados yet. So I think home ownership, it's proven, because it leads to stress, will actually kill people. Avocado toast makes you live longer. You could say that. You know, I'm not going to completely endorse that, but loosely, yes. Thank you, Ryan. Mm-hmm. If the Penguins want to beat the trap out of the Senators, they need to eat more avocado toast, and they need to not own property. Problem solved. But I'll be honest, I eat avocados every day. I'm in impeccable shape. I also own a home, and, well, things have actually gone downhill because of that. I just contradicted myself. Pac-Man Jones pleaded guilty today to obstructing official business. The charges stemmed from his arrest at a downtown Cincinnati hotel on January 3rd. Pac-Man was heard on video swearing and insulting police officers, saying, quote, I hope you die tomorrow, and, quote, he will continue to play for the Bengals. Colin Kaepernick, not on a roster. Here's Pac-Man Jones earlier today. I truly apologize for what I did. My actions, I'm getting, trying to get better today. I'd like to apologize for my actions that night to the police officer. That is not an example of me or I want my kids to see me. So I truly apologize for what I did. My actions, I'm getting, trying to get better today. Could you hear that? Doesn't matter. It's Pac-Man Jones. You know what he said. I'm so sorry. He said that he's changed. I'm inclined to believe that he's full of bleep. He's a criminal. He has been since his days beating people with pool cues at West Virginia. More troubling to me, though, is that Marvin Lewis said last week that Pac-Man Jones needs to work on himself. No bleep, Sherlock. His ass needs to be canned from the team. The Bengals very literally have a group of inmates running the asylum. After the second round of the draft, Adam Jones actually became the second worst dude on the team with the selection of Joe Mixon. It's one thing to be a good football team and have guys like this on board. It's another to be bad and then vote one of the inmates in as captain. New Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Pat Mahomes was robbed at gunpoint. Mahomes comes from Texas Tech where they run a spread air raid offense. My guess is that Mahomes would have been comfortable being robbed by someone with a pistol or a shotgun. Get it? Last week, a viral picture appeared to show Florida football coach Jim McElwain drunk, naked, and on the back of a dead shark. An Orlando TV man says that he knows the true identity of the shark humper, and it's not Florida head football coach Jim McElwain. The TV host says that the actual subject of the photograph stepped forward in an attempt to exonerate Mr. McElwain. McElwain showing additional pictures of himself on his boat trip, which included him laying naked on a porpoise. I made that part up. Here's what McElwain said last week. You've become part of this big viral photo. Sure. I mean, what's your feeling on this situation? Well, first and foremost, I don't know who it is, but it isn't me. Clearly. I mean, it's, what, what's your just feeling in general? Just that something like this I, could even get out there and become a story? Well, I guess that's for you guys to answer. And, you know, in the world we live, what is a story? I just know this. It isn't me. I just wish that he would be a little bit more accepting of the fact that this is incredibly hilarious. In local news, Steve Mears of the NHL Network has signed a contract with Root Sports to become the voice of the Penguins starting next season. Paul Steigerwald will remain with the Penguins organization in a communications capacity. Steve Mears joined Saverin on sports earlier today to discuss. 
there is a love of play-by-play and the, just the art of it, which I do miss. And I got my fill here at Angel Network getting to do the World Juniors. I got to do five World Juniors and call two gold medal wins for for the U.S. and doing some work with the Rangers here on the radio in the New York area and uh, NHL International. So I, I did do a lot of play-by-play with this job, but obviously the majority of it was spent in the studio and, and doing the show that you talked about there. Uh, but and it is great here. It's and also with MLB Network and to do some baseball. I love baseball as well. So I always said to myself, it would have to be a wonderful situation. It would have to be the the right team, and uh, it just checked all those boxes. It, as you said, hometown. You know, I still have so much family there in Murraysville. The organization is among the best in sports, and I know that firsthand because I, I work there, and I know all the people involved from Mario and Ron Burkle all the way down, and people involved with the broadcast, the communications department, people at the arena. I know everyone, so that like, when you have that familiarity, it just, it just feels right. It feels like uh, this is the time to move on, to get back into the broadcast booth, which I miss quite a bit and uh, at the same time though I, I, it's sad to leave here five years of doing this show and uh, I'm going to be saying goodbye to a lot of close friends and, and a, a wonderful wonderful place to work as a broadcaster in, in hockey and baseball there you have it he'll be the man that's going to wrap things up for the news oh yeah wait except there was this really smart guy on the radio yesterday who said Phil Kessel is probably going to score a couple of game winning goals Is Phil Kessel playing the way you'd like him to be playing? No. But if his shot in the waning minutes finds its way into the back of the net, you're not discussing him in such a negative light. And, well, to many, last year's run doesn't give him a free pass. It does for me. I hate to overanalyze one game. A player's value is compounded over the course of a series. It would seem awfully silly if I were to destroy Phil Kessel today, and then he wound up scoring the game winner in a couple of games this series. If he sucks and the Pens lose the series, then I'll rip him. I tend to look at things over the life of seven games, not just one. Certainly not game number one. And I expect that he'll turn things around. That take might be too hot for some, but it seems pretty reasonable to me. When I come back, we discuss my eating habits of avocado, why Guy Boucher ain't half the coach Mike Sullivan is, and we'll talk about Steve Mears taking over for Stoggy. I'd like your thoughts on that, 412-922-2874, but my fingers aren't crossed. It's the Adam Crowley Show. The Penguins are all in. Shot by Morgan, set up by Kessel, and he shoots and scores from the right wing circle. One goal to win the Stanley Cup. It's the 2017 Road to the Cup. You'll hear every minute of it live right here on Pittsburgh's home of the Pens. ESPN Pittsburgh at 970 AM and now at 106.3 FM. He's not the brightest guy in the room, but he is the cheapest. I love lamp. I love lamp. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Barstool Sports tweeted out, the male romper is about to be the look of the summer. I said if I get 100 retweets on this, I'll do my show in a romper on Facebook Live. I have a nice body. Some 
parts of my body not as nice as others, but you'll be able to see it all if I get four more retweets because I'm at 96 right now. I thought 100 would be a little high. Didn't think it'd be attainable. It seems like it's rather attainable. So, great. Be looking forward to that. We'll tell you when that's going to happen. You can follow me on Twitter.com at underscore Adam Crowley. If you want to jump in on the conversation, you can. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. That's 412-922-2874. And the question that I pose to you right now is, why'd you have a problem with Staggy? Because I found that a lot of people did. It seems like a number of people are joyous, celebrating about Paul Steigerwald not being the play-by-play man on route sports any longer for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and I thought Steige did a damn good job. And the reason why I question why you don't like him is because I know how you feel about Greg Brown, and you love Greg Brown. Greg Brown's cute, right, because when the Pirates sucked, he was still always excited. Well, the Pirates don't suck. Well, I guess they do right now, but they didn't suck the last couple of years, and everyone's in love with them. Oh my gosh, Greg Brown in the middle of a pennant race. This guy's so excited. He is also a homer. And what you typically say about Steige is that he's a homer, and that's why you don't like him. Well, okay, there's a disconnect there then, right? Steige's a homer. We hate that guy. But we love Greg Brown because he screams his head off whenever Pedro Alvarez hits a grand slam against Colorado when the Pirates are irrelevant disconnect there for me I've always liked Steige's work I think he's a hell of a play-by-play guy is he a homer sure are a lot of local sportscasters homers sure could I be classified as a homer by some yeah why not that's the way it goes locally you're gonna find a lot of homers I don't really think I'm a homer but locally you will find a lot of homers it's just the reality and yet people put Steige on blast for it think he did it damn good job your thoughts 412-922-2874 412-922-2874 one thing we're going to do on my show a lot one thing we do on my show when it was in the mornings is we analyze media a lot we look at what's going on around town we look at what's going on around the country we analyze sports media because it's evolving it's different now than it's ever been before radio still very successful there is a huge audience in terrestrial radio there's a huge audience when it comes to podcasting there's a huge audience when it comes to internet radio so that part isn't changing as much but there are a lot of other moving parts going around and we talk about them here in the show i find it interesting i want to know what's going on with dk on pittsburghsports.com i want to know what's going on with the trip i want to know what's going on with the post gazette so we'll talk about those things we'll talk about what's going on at root sports in their situation there. Now, congratulations are in order for Steve Mears, who I think does a damn good job on the NHL Network, and I expect that he'll do a damn good job being the play-by-play man of the Pittsburgh Penguins on Route Sports. And here's why this all went down. It's not because Steige's bad. It's because Steve Mears is young, and Steve Mears is excellent. You bring in young talent if you think that they've got a shot before young talent goes somewhere else and gets a different gig. That's the way it works. How long was Steige going to continue to do this? Who knows? But you want to have your quarterback of the future, so to speak. And Steve Mears, well, he's that quarterback of the future. 412-922-2874. 
That's 412-922-2874. As I said, follow me on the Twitter.com, at underscore Adam Crowley. Carla tweets, at underscore Adam Crowley, nothing personal against Stoggy, but compared to other announcers around the league, no good, screamed at every shot. Yeah, right, because that didn't work out for Doc Emery. He's a little bit of a screamer. To each their own. I'm not going to disagree with you, Carla. If you didn't like Stoggy, that's fine. I'd be interested to hear your take on Greg Brown. I like it when these things line up. If you're not a Stoggy guy, I'd like it if you weren't a Greg Brown guy. Not that I have anything against him, but I like when opinions line up. But we're all entitled to like who we like. My favorite play-by-play man of all time is Mike Lang. You hear the energy, the same energy, I think, when the opposing team scores as when the Penguins score. There's not the catchphrase afterwards. He never says Marc-Andre Fleury needs to wind his watch. He never says buy Sam a drink and get your dog one too whenever Marc-Andre Fleury's given up a goal six hole. But he does make you know that the goal was scored. I've always loved him for that. To each their own. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. When we come back, it's my good friend Brian Metzer. Ah, let's take a call first. I didn't know where this was going to go. We'll go to Phil in Indianapolis. First up here on the Adam Crowley Show. Hello, Phil. Hey, Adam. How's it going? Great to hear you. I'm a new. Uh, so, is this a new time slot for you? New time slot, Phil. Yes, sir. So they ran ran David off, huh? <laughs> you know, I don't know what happened there. David's a good friend of mine, and hey. I I wish him the best. Oh, are you, like he's not with the. Oh. Okay, well, that's for another time, I guess. I, uh, what, I, what I called about, is, I'm new to hockey. I've, I watched it last year and the year before in the playoffs, and I'm still struggling with the um, some of the nuances of the rules. And I feel like I'm not the only one that, that's got to be feeling this way. And at this time of the year, when there, you are getting new people paying attention i would think because it is the the best of the best if you will i feel like the the telecast the broadcast i don't feel they do the the rules justice and explaining things as they as they happen they don't yeah they absolutely do not and i gotta run phil i really appreciate the call take care now they don't you get guys like jeremy roenick and keith jones up there and I, i don't so much mind keith jones but jeremy roenick all he talked about after the first period last night is how physical the Senators were and how they were taking it to the Penguins and how the Penguins, man, if they play like this moving forward, my God, they're they're going to be going down to Ottawa or up to Ottawa, down 2-0. They're going to be done because they were being out hit. Penguins then wound up coming back and out hitting them, but that's not really the point. Point being, there's more to hockey than hitting. And I think sometimes the national analysts lack that perspective. A lot of times the national analysts are only looking at that part of the hockey game. And there were some hits in last night's game that I thought were borderline. But I think that they were clean. But I think that they need to be described as borderline. You had the first hit from Fanuf on Brian Rust, and I thought it was borderline. Did he leave his feet? No, not until after the contact. Did Rust have his head down? Yeah. That would be victim-blaming, though, right? Brian Rust had his head down, so he deserved to get hit. No. Brian Rust head was the principal point of contact. So whether or not you want to say that it was clean or dirty, whatever, doesn't matter to me. But what I'd like to hear from the national analyst is it was borderline. 
be realistic about it. Oh, what a great hit. The guy got concussed. They're supposed to take that out of hockey. The other thing that I think would be frustrating... Forgot- Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Guys like Phil, who are casual observers of the National Hockey League, is this. They just should take the rule book to center ice and set it on fire prior to the playoff games. You remember Crosby and Jay Beagle in front of the net in the last series, jousting, fighting, back and forth, tangled up, cross-check here, cross-check there, whack to the back of legs, whack to the back of the legs, and all you hear from the national host is, hey, look, that's playoff hockey. I wish that scoring was playoff hockey. I wish that high-paced, exciting hockey was playoff hockey. Not swinging axes at each other like your damn lumberjacks. Coming up next, Brian Metzer of the Penguins Radio Network. Later on in the program, we will have Josh Yoey at 6.30. I'll be talking a lot about Guy Boucher getting outcoached, I think, thoroughly by Mike Sullivan, and I think it's going to continue. But Brian Metzer next to the Adam Crowley Show. The Penguins are all in. Stanley Cup. It's the 2017 Road to the Cup. Oh, Michael, Michael, motorcycle. And you'll hear every minute of it live right here on Pittsburgh's home of the Pens. ESPN Pittsburgh at 970 AM. And now at 106.3 FM. He may be a degenerate, but he's our degenerate. Nonsense. I've not yet begun to defile myself. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. The Pens beat the Sens last night. One zip. Could have been more entertaining, I thought. Doesn't matter. 1-1 now the series. Joining me now to discuss is our great friend Brian Metzer. Brian, thank you so much for being with me today. No problem at all, my friend. Great to be back with you. Let's dive right in and talk about Mirzi now joining Root Sports. It couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Uh, I'm really excited to hear him be on the broadcasts, and I think he's done a great job uh, throughout his career, but certainly over the last handful of years at NHL Network. Oh, there's no doubt about it. Steve Mears is uh, very, very astute. I think he's going to be doing a tremendous job with Root Sports Pittsburgh, and that's a guy I got to work with a little bit with the Penguins Radio Network before he left for the NHL Network and always did a great job. I think he did a great job with the Penguins Live Daily Shows, and he was the, the godfather to us all in that regard when we were all doing those shows and filling in and doing stuff like that. So to see him get a chance to come back to his hometown and be a broadcaster here on the Penguins games is going to be a thrill for him, I'm sure. We'll all enjoy hearing his game call. I think he's done a tremendous job at the international level with the World Junior Championships. He did the World Championships and uh, a lot of other things. So I'm looking forward to working with Mirzi again here in Pittsburgh. And good to, good to know that Staggy's going to hang around in a capacity with the Penguins because he's a longtime uh, soldier for the organization, 35-plus years in the organization, and I've gotten to work with him quite a bit over the years as well. So um, it, it's, it's just good that it's not as if, you know, he's, 
he's left holding the bag, and there's a new guy. Staggy will still be around as well. Yeah, and you've had a relationship, as you mentioned, with Staggy, and you guys do the Pens Week every single uh, Saturday. Uh, he's always there, and I think people have been negative uh, whenever discussing uh, Staggy uh, over the last however many years because they say he's a homer, this, that, the other, and the reality is a lot of local play-by-play announcers are homers, but as you mentioned, he's been in the organization for 35 years, and I would reckon to say that there's not many people who, uh, there's not many people like Steige who care about the organization the way that he cares about the organization. No, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, he definitely has had a behind-the-curtain view of an awful lot with this organization, and I think that's why they were quick to, to get him involved now uh, moving forward because he's the guy that went and picked Mario Lemieux up at the airport. That's how long he's been around. He picked <laughs> Yarmir Yager up at the airport, took him to buy his first denim outfit, I think, at Ross Park Mall. So, I mean, there's some really cool stories that Staggy's definitely been a part of, and, you know, as you said, he, he, people may have said that about him being a homer or whatever like that. I, I don't know that I saw it like that. Like you just said, a lot of those local broadcasters tend to have a, uh, a bigger slant towards the team that they're working for. And uh, I know that he's probably not had the most confidence in himself for the for, in these situations. He's, he's always saying, oh, you know, someone try to take my job. And so um, I, I'm just I'm hoping he, he lands on his feet here because, as you said, I've worked with him now for a handful of years. And he's definitely a character, and we've had a lot of fun hearing the stories that he has to tell. We are joined right now by Brian Metzer of the Penguins Radio Network. Let's flip the script and talk back about last night's game. Brian, uh, I thought the Penguins did exactly what they wanted to do in this game. Everything that they talked about going into it. They wanted to possess the puck like they had in the first game, but they wanted to get more pucks on net. I'm sure they still would have liked to do more of that, but I thought largely they did what they set out to do. Yeah, I think they definitely accomplished the goal. I mean, as you just said, Adam, they, they need to still get more pucks on goal. you got to make Craig Anderson work a little bit harder. Through two periods, they had really only forced him to make back-to-back saves uh, in a span of 18 seconds up to that point, and that's still not enough. You get a second opportunity, you want them to be bang, bang. And I, they started to do that to him in the third, getting some traffic, getting those second and third opportunities, and that's the way you're going to be successful against them. But for the most part... They started to roll up a lot of shots on goal. They had that 12-shot second period, which worked very well for them. And I love the way that um, you saw them stick with plays, too. On Phil Kessel's game-winning goal, that was a blocked shot that could have just gone off the rails again, but he immediately just stuck with it, let the shot fly a second time, and beat Craig Anderson. So I think that's how you're going to have to do this moving forward. But they definitely tilted the ice in their favor last night through two periods, and that doesn't bode well for the Senators, who have just played so conservative in this series. And it seems like they're just content to sit back and wait for a mistake. And if the other team never makes one, though, do you ever get a leg up? So I'm curious to see if they change their approach at all. I doubt they will because they've done so so much good work with it up to this point. The Penguins just have to maintain their level, which is going to be a little bit more difficult with some of the guys who might not be available in their lineup. I talked to Phil Bork earlier on in the program, Brian, and he talked about Guy Boucher's inability really or stubbornness to not switch from the one three one to anything else even when the senators are trailing and i feel like there's a little bit of hubris there yeah i think he's doing a lot to help his team because i don't love their defense other than really eric carlson Uh, but at some point you're gonna have to change because the penguins know how to beat that system now and if they just continue to play the way that they're playing i think at some point the dam's gonna break 
Not according to uh, the Canadian media, Adam. They, they said that the 131 has been frustrating the Penguins and they just can't penetrate it. Well, I have not seen the 131 slog them down one bit so no. far through two games. And they have clearly devised the system for breaking through it. They're using little short 8- to 10-foot passes to sort of pick it apart to go uh, almost lateral passes. And it's almost kind of interesting. They're, it's almost like a passing play on a football field the way the Penguins have done it, to break that trap and to get into the offensive zone. And the big difference for them was trying to generate the offensive opportunities off of those zone entries, and they started to do that last night. So it's going to be very interesting to see what Guy Boucher does. I don't know that he's going to really change the approach, though, because if you look all the way back to his Tampa Bay Lightning teams and you look at the way he's coached this Ottawa team, that's how he coaches. That's how he plays. And, yes, he's evolved enough to allow some of the offensive players to go out and do what they can do, but they're still not necessarily unleashed and allowed to just go out and, and play offensive hockey. So they only might consider doing that if they get in a, in a hole in a game where they're down two or three to nothing, and the Penguins have yet to be able to pull that off against them. So we'll see if they pull that off in game three, find a way to build up a bigger lead if they open it up a bit. But for right now, it seems like the Caps, or the Caps, boy, they're in my mind still, the, uh, the Senators are going to just stick with the approach that has gotten them this far, and I don't know that that's going to be enough to beat the Penguins. Even as they are currently constructed, Adam, they they look like they're starting to give them a little bit of headaches. They are. I don't think there's a doubt about it. And, Brian, while the Capitals are in your head, the Penguins are in the Capitals' head. So (laughs) I think that's why we're talking about the Senators right now. Brian Metzer from the Penguins Radio Network and the Beaver County Times joining me here on the Adam Crowley Show. You mentioned Phil Kessel sticking with that play really sticking with it all night long. He was talking to himself on the bench. I loved it. People say he doesn't care. I find that patently ridiculous, as does Phil Bork, who we talked to earlier. Uh, I love that it was him that was able to really break the ice and win this game for the Penguins. And I thought largely, Brian, that that line did a pretty good job all night long of creating opportunities in zone time. I would. I completely agree with you. I mean, I think Evgeny Malkin, he's been probably just as criticized as Phil Kessel lately because people keep saying, well, how did he roll up all of these points? He's not had that Gino Machino moment where he's taken over a game and, and done all of that kind of stuff. But for me, I feel like uh, the line has produced the way that it should. They're doing. They're, they're creating chances. They just got to put more shots on goal. And to see Phil Kessel get that shot last night to score the goal that he did was a big moment for him because, as, as you just said, he's been a little criticized here lately. I don't feel like he's been frustrated, though. That stuff that you see with him yelling on the bench, you're only seeing it brought to the forefront because a cameraman's looking for right. it now. He does that so often. And I, I, I love that as a lot of the folks that are building that narrative about the frustrated Penguins went to work in the locker room last night and talked to Chris Kunitz about it and talked to Ron Hainsey about it. We all just sort of sat there and watched those guys say, which moment are you talking about? Because they don't see the broadcast. They're living it. So they don't know what was shown on TV. They're like, well, he yelled at me like 14 times last night. Like he does every <laughs> single game. So he, he's a passionate guy. He wants the puck. He, he yells at you if you don't get him the puck. And I guess that's all you want to see. You want him to be passionate. You want him to be competitive. And for anybody to say, I will say this much. But this is the way I, I will categorize Phil Kessel. He is not a guy that's not working hard enough or he's not competing enough. He plays the same way every single game. It's just a matter of him being a hero when the shot finally goes in for him as it did last night. Because he may not get nine or eight, you know, nine or ten shots a game, 
but he'll get your two or three shots on goal, and usually one of those is going to find Twine. It did it last night. He came dangerously close to winning game one after the Penguins tied the game. He hit the crossbar, and that's what he does for you. He's a sniper. He gives you a chance to win hockey games, and I think it's easy to pick on him when he only has two points in six games, but at the same time, he's passionate enough and he's competitive enough that he's going to go out and do what he did last night. Brian Metzer joining me here on the Adam Crowley Show. Brian, it's insane to me that the Penguins just keep battling through their adversity, and this is a team that, frankly, hasn't played hockey at the level anywhere close to where they played, I think, uh, last spring. I thought they were much better last year. Uh, They haven't been on that level this year, but the resilience from this group is crazy to see, and maybe I shouldn't be surprised by it anymore, but losing two players in the first ten minutes last night, you wouldn't have known by watching them play the rest of the game. No, and they're impactful players, too. That's what's crazy about it. These aren't guys that don't do anything for you. I mean, Brian Rust, his his legend has grown so much in the past two playoffs with the goals that he scores and the speed that he brings. And then to see Justin Schultz go out, who, by all accounts, has been your Chris Letang replacement in terms of playing the power play and doing all the offensive things you need to have happen. So to lose those guys early in the first period, I thought they were very resilient in the way they battled back. And, yes, they have not looked like the team from a year ago, But it's a different playoff landscape, first of all. They've proven to be able to overcome a lot of the adversities that they've run into. And what's interesting to me is that they have probably put together two of their best playoff games this year over the last three games. So that's bad news, and it's happening for the the rest of the league, and it's happening at the best time of the season for the Penguins because if you can find a way to advance here, you're back in the Stanley Cup final, and even if you would lose at that point, This season has got to be a rousing success for this group because, first of all, nobody goes back in in consecutive years that way in in a hope of winning two championships. It just does not happen very often. And they don't do it with all the injuries. I mean, you're doing this without your top defenseman. You're doing it without the goaltender that did it for you a season ago. I know Marc-Andre Fleury's been outstanding. But all the other guys that have fallen out of the lineup, we didn't even mention Patrick Hornquist being a a late scratch. That's something that should have thrown a lot of teams off kilter. It didn't do it to the Pens and... Uh, until they lose, I guess we should stop doubting them in any way because they just keep pulling it off. Brian, was Dion Phaneuf over the line or was he right on the line last night? I think right on the line. Uh, a lot of people didn't like what they saw from him, the way that he laid those two hits, specifically the one on Rust, and then he hit Jake Gensel. But those guys also, we got to remember, are in terms of their height probably up to his chest. I mean, that's a big man coming at two smaller players, coming through the middle, head down, He didn't leave his feet. I know people thought that he did in the Brian Rust play, but his feet didn't leave the ice until after impact. And that's going to happen when two bodies are moving that fast in close proximity of one another. Um, I wasn't quick to put blame on Sidney Crosby like Dion Phaneuf did. Maybe that's where he crossed the line trying to say he made a dead man's pass there. I didn't care for that assessment. But uh, generally speaking, by uh, looking at the, the standards of the National Hockey League and how they officiate games, those weren't uh, illegal hits in my view. They're not what you want to see. There was head contact, but his elbow was tucked in, and I don't feel like he was trying to uh, launch himself the way some folks did. So for me, just on the line, didn't cross it, and that's based on how the league has put the standard in place. Last thing here for you, Brian. Uh, the Penguins did play with the five defensemen last night. Uh, how do you think that they played overall? I think that if there is a series where you can miss a defenseman, you'd rather it be against the Senators than against the Capitals or the Blue Jackets because, as we see, the defensemen are getting the puck, and then they're turning around, and you've got guys skating backwards through center ice. Uh, I thought that they played well despite not having Justin Schultz. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, that They were outstanding, I think, the way that they came together to pick up extra minutes. And Brian Dumoulin was just a monster. 26 minutes and 8 seconds last night. That was uh, second to only Eric Carlson in the game. So to see him perform at that level, we all know he's dealing with some maladies as well at this point of the season. I thought that was a courageous effort on his part. Ron Hainsey has been maligned by some of the fan base saying that he's dipped a little bit in performance while he's had to shoulder a bigger load. He played almost 25 minutes last night. And to have those guys just step up, do what they need to do, and uh, offset the loss of a Justin Schultz, they thought was great stuff. And as you just said, though, it's going to be very beneficial to these guys, Adam, that there's not that tenacious a forecheck like you would have dealt with the Caps or the Blue Jackets. I mean, these guys just are sitting back and waiting for the Penguins to turn a puck over. So the defenseman, if you've got to play shorthanded, this is definitely the series that maybe you could be more successful than against many other teams. And now maybe we get our first look at Mark Streit of the postseason. And it takes every man. That's why you have eight or nine NHL-caliber defensemen available. And I think he will get the call here in the next game if Justin Schultz is unable to play. Thanks a lot for the time, Brian, as always. Appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me back, and uh, I'm sure we'll be doing this again down the line. At least I hope so, because it's always a blast. Brian Metzer of the Penguins Radio Network and the Beaver County Times. When I come back, I've got exciting news for you all. You'll be very happy to hear it. That's next. It's the Crowley Show. We are sports. Stay up to date with us on Facebook, ESPN Radio Pittsburgh, or on Twitter, where we keep it shorter at ESPN Radio PGH. Sports talk with a little bit of an edge. Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. I'm going to tell you how we're going to do things here from now on. We're going to do them better than they do across the street. If you like what Madden brings, but you think he's a little bit too much for you, maybe a little mean, come over here. We don't bow at the foot of sports. We do not genuflect at the sanctuary of sports. We have fun over here on the Adam Crowley Show. And if you want fun, and you don't want straight Pirates talk, if you don't want straight anything talk, we'll be doing it over here from 4 o'clock until 7. 412-922-2874 is your number to join into that fun. That's 412-922-2874. You can tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. And here it is, baby. The good news of the day. I will be doing a romper show. Hashtag romper show is a go. I said this. If I got 100 retweets on a certain tweet that I sent out, then I would be doing a show in a man romper. If you don't know what a man romper is, it's kind of like a one-piece swimsuit, but it's not a swimsuit, and it's for men, it's not for women. So I'll be doing a Facebook Live show wearing a romper at some point here in the near future. The question is, how much do these jokers cost? Now, I know that there are already a number of people saying, come on, Crowley, I know you've got one at home. My wife's got a couple. I think there might be some problems with me wearing one of those though maybe something slipping out not going to tell you what that would be but I think that would certainly be an issue so thank you to everyone who retweeted that so now I can embarrass myself for three hours on someday coming up here in the near future 
As I mentioned, 412-922-2874 is the number to call. That's 412-922-2874. You can tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. When we come back, Phil Kessel doesn't quite look like other goal scorers. In fact, Phil Kessel doesn't really look like a professional athlete. Phil Kessel's kind of portly. But that doesn't matter. I'll explain why, and I'll also discuss Steve Mears taking over for Steige and why I really think that the play-by-play field doesn't matter all that much. A lot of interchangeable parts. We'll get to that all. It's the final hour, 6 o'clock until 7 of the Adam Crowley Show. That's next.